Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Yep, today we're talking about how to achieve a full, healthy life. Now, the last few weeks, we've gone over um, the importance of the central nervous system, what the neck is supposed to be like, uh, aging, brain function, everything. Um, we're going to tie it all in. <clears throat> Plus, this is the same talk I gave in Thailand a couple of weeks ago at the Four Seasons, which was really pretty darn nice, okay? And now, um, all of this, because we are going to have um, an apprenticeship program this coming Thursday on the 15th on viruses, bacteria, um, uh, just literally how your body responds and adapts to the environment that we're in. And so you're going to learn a lot about uh, immune systems, but really it's how your body responds to the environment. Um, and uh, get on Extreme Health Academy. I mean, we're on there at least once a month, um, but it is, I'm, I'm doing, uh, answering questions, everything. Fantastic. And you can still get Bergman14 as your code and get on, and man, you're going to get some real solutions to real problems. Uh, so now this is an article out of 2009 by Benjamin Radford, Live Science con, uh, Contributor. Um, he says human lifespans have remained nearly constant for at least 2,000 years. And there's a difference between uh, life expectancy, okay, um, and, and life potential. So it's really on how your body um, is designed to uh, live, okay? So um, people get confused with lifespan which is what an animal would have in the wild, what your potential is, uh, or life expectancy, like if you put a wild animal into a prison. So it, it's huge, um, and you're supposed to live to a minimum 115. Now, conversely, the health of the public is, is absolutely horrible, not because of one particular virus released by one lab um, and then the insane shutdowns and governmental responses. No, this is literally a war, uh, world at war. I'm talking before this uh, became apparent to the world. There were massive rises in nervous system diseases and disorders. We're talking um, morbidity, and we're even seeing morbidity now. Uh, what do they call it? Adult death syndrome is is rampant. Okay, so this isn't any syndrome. We're doing something that's damaging how the bodies uh, are restored. Uh, and this is happening in Australia, Canada, Italy, Netherlands, Spain, the United Kingdom, and the USA was the worst. So let's boil the whole thing down. Health and longevity is tied to healthy cell function. Now, you've got about 70 trillion cells in your body, and these cells are continually being replaced and regenerated. So literally, anything that helps you to have healthy cell function is good. And cell function is based on genes. And genes are just a blueprint. That they, and there's a totally different world between genetic and genetic expression. Um, just know that there's currently a medical procedure out there where people are injecting um, a gene-altering or cell-altering um, 
mRNA, which literally gets in because all your cells produce proteins. This is an injection designed to change the protein production of your cells to something that your body will recognize as a damage or as a pathogen and attack it. So if this injection works correctly, it's going to have your body to attack the proteins that your cells, your own cells are producing, which is mind-blowingly insane. That's why within six hours of getting one of these injections, you can actually see protein production change in the liver. Um, but really, when you look at cells, and again, you've got 70 trillion of them, and they're always being replaced. They have little powerhouses called mitochondria. And these mitochondria um, have a different DNA than you have. Uh, so you are a symbiote. You have different machines, viruses, funguses, and bacteria, and you need all of these. You're an ecosystem to thrive. Now, the problem with modern healthcare is it's not actually healthcare. It's a chemical-based system um, run by the pharmaceutical industry, which controls the government, the education, and the information going out to the public. Um, so imagine if you had something, oh, I don't know, say like high blood pressure. And no one's going to look at the cause. No one's going to look at the physical, chemical, emotional stress. And in fact, in, in chiropractic, we look at high blood pressure as an adaptation to some type of stress. So you've got to look at the cause of the stress. Um, but so high blood pressure is not a disease, even though the moron doctors will call it the silent killer and it's deadly and this and that, um, except high blood pressure doesn't kill anyone. This is why every time you're exercising, your blood pressure is going to go up. If you're riding your bike really hard, if you're walking really hard, if you're hiking really hard, um, blood pressure is going to go up. So blood pressure elevation in a chronic pathologic fashion is not a problem of the blood pressure. It literally has to do with physical, chemical, or emotional stress. But since doctors are pressed for time and not educated in this, um, they give a toxic substance such as a diuretic or a beta blocker. Diuretic is going to damage the kidneys and lower oxygen of the brain, increase your risk of stroke. So there's a lot of negatives to using a chemical to alter your physiology. Then when you look at irritable bowel syndrome, is that a poisoning from the environment or chronic stress state? Absolutely. Fibromyalgia, cholesterol, breast cancer, any one of these. So these are really adaptations. When, when I get people with cancer, we're getting a lot of them. I say, look, do demons come in and form the tumors, or did your body form the tumor? Oh, the body formed the tumor. Okay, good. So then let's look at why. So it, always look at the, uh, the reason behind uh, the condition you're experiencing. And we got the three stressors, physical stress, chemical stress, and emotional stress. And physical stress, you're looking at work, sports, sedentary lifestyle, birth could be traumatic. Emotional, just look at the television, um, poor gut health, social lack of social connection. Uh, chemical, uh, we know there's a lot of injectables that can cause inflammatory responses. Of course, if I say vaccines, the YouTube will wipe us out. 
Um, you know, just, just little things with the sensors going on. Just know that you have an automatic nervous system, sympathetic and parasympathetic. Sympathetic means the body is in a fight-or-flight state. So with you in a sympathetic state or in a stress state, just like if I'm standing on your foot, okay, all of a sudden the heart rate and blood pressure are going to go up. So do you have um, a blood pressure problem or somebody standing on your foot? You know, just think about this. These are all the normal sympathetic nervous system functions or the fight or flight response. If you're in a sympathetic dominant state, the heart rate will go up, blood pressure will go up, blood sugar will go up, cholesterol will go up, and stress hormones will go up. Blood supply to the butt shuts down. Immune system function is weakened. Okay, and you're under parasympathetic. This stimulates immune system. It, it increases blood supply to the gut, but decreases blood supply to the arms and legs. So if you're in a chronic parasympathetic dominant state, you're not going to have more tissue production. You're going to have achy arms and legs because you can't run, jump, or play. Um, so, you know, you've got to have a balance. Now, this nervous system can be measured, and we do measure it through heart rate variability. It's fantastic. And now there's control above your genes. And this is called epigenetic. Epi means above. Now, currently, we're in a medical system that provides toxic chemicals to alter your physiology. And if you've ever heard of antidepressants, beta blockers, um, blood pressure drugs, cholesterol-lowering drugs, um, anti-inflammatories like Advil, Motrin, Aleve, uh, oral contraceptives, antibiotics, all of these medications can cause epigenetic changes. What that means is that these um, can cause changes in how your body expresses itself. Um, why is that an issue? Uh, because even though we have an epidemic of heart disease and cancer and nerve and metal disorders, these are the true epidemics. They can be caused by the medications given by the doctors. And they know this. They know this. This is common that, that a doctor will give a chemical to alter a stress response, and the body will, will have a negative reaction to the chemical. I, I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing. I just had a patient today. It was taking um, eight different prescriptions, and some of them are a couple of times a day. And, and I'm asking him, why are you taking this antacid? And, and he says, well, I don't know. I go to the doctor, and the doctor prescribes it. Okay, how long have you been taking an antacid? Um, and we're talking a powerful one, a proton pump inhibitor. Um, it, he said, well, um, eight years. Uh, do you have any reflux or indigestion? No. So people are stuck in this psychotic environment of getting prescribed a drug, maybe um, a thyroid drug when, when 20 years ago, or, or an antacid like this fellow eight years ago, even though he doesn't have indigestion now. All medications slow or stop metabolic processes. So this can be dangerous. Now, if you 
understand that all medications can have a damage. And again, I'm talking cholesterol drugs, pain reliever drugs, acetaminophen, which is Tylenol, and many others can damage um, mitochondria. Now, if you damage the powerhouses of the cell, the mitochondria, it, this mitochondrial damage is linked to bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, Alzheimer's, headaches, migraines, stroke, Parkinson's, um, hepatitis C, um, cirrhosis of the liver. Now think of this. Let's say you are a doctor, okay, and, and, or you're a patient, and you have anxiety, stress, and beginning Alzheimer's, dementia, and you go to the doctor, and you happen to be taking a cholesterol-lowering drug and a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory given to you by another doctor. And you're, you're also taking the antacid, which lowers um, stomach acid, which means you can't absorb minerals, and it's going to cause a negative effect on your heart. And you're going in there um, with uh, headaches or migraines or, or memory issues like dementia or Alzheimer's. Um, he's going to run a test to see if there's placking in the net, in the brain. Uh, he may run a blood panel to find out you, that your body has some inflammatory markers. He might not ask about the flu shots that contain an absorbent amount of aluminum hydroxide and mercury or thermosol, both of which can damage the brain. And when you're looking at the aluminum adjuvants in the vaccines, they're deadly to the brain. And they're going to miss that this brain issue is really an adaptation to being drugged by the medical system. And I'm going to bring up a couple of cases and talk about stress responses, a couple of studies that talk about how adjusting, literally chiropractic adjusting. And this was a study out of 2004 evaluating multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's patients. And over a five-year period, so this is not short-term. Now, why would, would multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's respond positively to chiropractic adjustments? Well, for one, what is this? Okay, it's the brain not controlling the body correctly. Um, and you can say, well, there's placking in the brain or this. Really, where did the placking come from? Uh, you're going to see an alteration in communication of the brain because that's literally what a chiropractic adjustment does. We change the brain's communication to the body and the body's communication to the brain. And then that gives the brain appropriate control over the body. And I'm going to bring up a couple of cases. You know, I, and, and just think of this, 24-year-old gal, chronic pain. Okay, and this is going to be neck pain, shoulder pain for years, since she was around 10 years old. So she's had it more than uh, nearly half of her life. Um, headaches, poor sleep patterns. Um, and what kind of um, therapy is she going to get? She may be spent to, sent to a physical therapist. They will mainly look at spasm muscles. If she goes to a medical doctor, the medical doctor is going to give non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, some medications and things, um, maybe sleep pill, maybe anxiety pill. And is she going to have healthy genetic expression or alterations in that? What does somebody's brain work like if they've had 10 years of pain and they've only been on the planet 24 years? Um, it, 
can you see the in, insanity of this? This is why we have to start treating our bodies and our brains with respect that your body is given the symptom for a reason. Your body is adapting correctly. Like you just had a patient that was telling me about um, how, how their thyroid is low. I thought, really? Really? What's the thyroid do? Okay, well, the thyroid regulates metabolism, but the thyroid is stimulated by the pituitary. The pituitary is stimulated by the hypothalamus, and the hypothalamus has one foot in the nervous system, one foot in the endocrine system. So, so any information coming up from the spine will tell the hypothalamus, which tells the pituitary, which tells the thyroid to do its job. Okay, and then you're looking at, at iodine, which is what the thyroid burns like your car burns gas. And if you're iodine deficient or nutrient deficiencies and you're exposed to fluoride or chlorine or bromine, um, then your, your body doesn't have the right raw materials, so the thyroid might even be forming nodules. Uh, it's, it's just doctors um, start being detectives because the body is always smart and the body is always going to work correctly. Now, when you look at, at anxiety, stress, impulse control, depression, all of these are features of the frontal lobe. The frontal lobe is in the front of the brain, and that is controlled by the cerebellum, the small brain in the back. And there's also the gut-brain connection, the enteric brain. And if the gut isn't working correctly, then you're getting altered brain stimulus or the neurotransmitter production is not, not healthy. <clears throat> this is why if you see a lot of antibiotics, they're going to have warnings on there of anxiety, stress, and depression. And we've had a lot of patients that have taken a round of antibiotics and they realize that they have anxiety, stress, and depression afterwards, of course. So you have to look at the overall body. Now, it's interesting because the cerebellum, um, which, which if you have, and this is the small brain on the back that gets its input from the position and motion of all the vertebrae, uh, they're saying that the cerebellum uh, is involved in verbal fluency, um, abstract reasoning, memory, um, d d uh, spatial organization, personality changes, um, all of these things. Now, when we talk about mental function, anxiety, or stress, are the doctors looking at the cerebellar input? Are they looking at the physical, chemical, or emotional stressors? Um, I don't think they are. And this is huge because if you have somebody with dementia, Alzheimer's, or multiple sclerosis, um, should you look at the input to the brain? Should you look at... Um, the gut function to see if there's neurotransmitter production issues. Should you look at, at, at that this is an intelligent response by the body? Um, maybe that the person got annual flu shots, okay, or got the incredibly insane COVID jab. Okay, this is all can have negative effects on the brain. When you look at the archives of internal medicine, 1995, 
psychological stress, what it does on uh, the serum lipid levels. So this it actually increases blood viscosity. So just emotional stress will cause the blood to get thicker. Um, and the psychobiotics, I mean, literally, if you take prebiotics and probiotics, it can have an effect on the emotional system, cognitive system, um, health and disease. So this means when you're talking brain function, and I mean anxiety, stress, people that can't sleep, all of these things. The emotional health, which is anxiety, stress, depression, which is the frontal lobe. Should you look at the gut-brain connection? Absolutely. Okay, and again, we're going to look at, at the body is responding correctly based on the stimuli. Um, it, if you look at antibiotics, literally weaken the immune system. They damage the gut. They can increase intestinal permeability. And people are taking um, antibiotics in the form of, of glyphosate-soaked bread. When you look that antibiotics weaken the immune system, um, glyphosate is one of the herbicides that's sprayed on most of the genetically modified crops in America. Uh, glyphosate is poisoning the water system and the air system. This is why when you look at either side of the Mississippi, you're talking a cancer belt. And this is an antibiotic. So could this be altering uh, brain function? Or could this be increasing anxiety and stress? Absolutely it can. We know steroids. Just had a patient um, getting out of the hospital, and they just about killed him. Thank God his wife was with him. Because he was having um, a little bit of breathing issues, a little bit of a cold response, you know, based on um, the psychotic interventions, uh, cold and flu season in 2020 was not that bad. But in 2021, with the interventions, it was horrible. So if you give someone a steroid, it alters the microbiome. It changes literally how the body works, so it suppresses the immune system. Aspirin or acetaminophen or ibuprofen, anything that lowers the fever weakens the immune system. Um, it, so again, we're going to go over um, just the, the system that we have where you're giving a chemical to alter a physiology is antiquated and completely dysfunctional. Um, but you are not going to hear about this because the educational system and I mean not just the professional research and medical education. I'm talking the education that you get on your television is run by the pharmaceutical industry. We know that, that certain injectables like vaccines are linked to um, multiple sclerosis. That's been associated with the HPV vaccine. Um, we're looking at a lot of autoimmune conditions are coming up. And we're looking at sudden adult death syndrome has massively popular now. I think the leading cause of death in Canada is unknown. Yeah, boy, that's, that's going to make the doctors feel real good. Okay, um, we're going to bring up a couple of case studies that just show before and after. Okay, what before and after thermographies and explain that cancer isn't even genetic. Okay, cancer is a metabolic disorder. So this means the body forms the tumors for a reason. It forms them correctly. 
And we know that the chemotherapy drugs are cytotoxic. They can damage DNA, and I mean, they literally damage healthy cells. And this is the key to give enough poison to kill the cells that are fast-growing, but not too much where it kills the healthy cells. And you know that doesn't work out. And it, everybody in the world knows people that have gone through the surgery, chemo, radiation, been declared cancer-free, then it comes back. Because the cancer is not a disease attacking you. Cancer is an adaptation to a toxic and deficient environment. And unless you fix the toxicity and nutrient deficiencies and how your body regenerates, so you're literally looking at the physical, chemical, emotional stress. Cancers will have an emotional component. They will have a chemical component. They will have a physical component. If you address all three of those, you've got a chance to correct the cause of it. And um, so we're at a system where we're going to be changing belief systems. And when you look, the patterns are already there. We know, we know that people around the world are living healthy and they can live longer. Okay, the, the book, The Blue Zones, I, I like um, because it gives um, the keys, nine lessons um, covering the lifestyle of people from the blue zones. Now, now, what are these lessons? Are they to see your doctor regularly? No. And in fact, if you go for your annual physical, you actually have an increase in death. If you follow your doctor's advice, it's actually bad for you. I, I'm an honest guy. So what are the nine reasons from observing people that live healthy and happy around the world beyond 100 Number one, moderate but regular physical activity. So there can be activities that are too much and too little. Moderate means you're moving every joint every day. You have to have a purpose in life. You have to get up and be able to do something. You have to have responsibilities. So this means you're not retiring. If you're retiring, you're volunteering. You're working. Um, three, stress reduction. This means, look, your physical, chemical, and emotional stress. Moderate caloric intake, so uh, you're, not, you're, you're eating to live, not living to eat. Uh, more plants, okay, than animals. And you can do ketogenic diet. A lot of animal proteins can be fantastically good for certain conditions. But when somebody is in a stress state, the plant-based diet makes more sense. Moderate alcohol intake, okay, so you're not drinking to excess. Um, the longest-lived uh, males on the planet are in Sardinia, and they drink seven liters of red wine a month. Okay, you have to have engagement in spirituality or religion, <coughs> which, again, if you take a few minutes every day and appreciate powers greater than yourself, um, then, then you, this stimulates that parasympathetic nervous system. But it also, if you understand that your body is more energy than matter, this makes a lot of sense. An engagement in a family life, a spiritual life, I mean, just fantastic. Okay? Um, and, and when <laughs> the, the, the people in the Blue Zones, and I love this, family, they put ahead of other concerns. 
Now, 20% of people over 100 still smoke cigarettes, and that's okay. Um, but make sure they're not the chemically-based uh, ones. You know, organic tobacco is going to be less poisonous. Um, semi-vegetarian, okay, so they eat animals, but they eat them healthy animals, the majority of them. Um, but constant moderate activity. So, so when you're looking at this, this makes a heck of a lot of sense that the body is, is always working correctly. And traditional chiropractic would talk about the three T's, trauma, toxicity, and thought. Um, trauma, you've got to look at your physical body and it could have past evidence of trauma. I just interviewed, uh, did a consultation with a guy who was 78 years old, and sure enough, he had a trauma 50 years ago. And that put him on a stress state where he's always had digestive issues, but then they were giving him antacids to help with the digestive issues. It's insane. Um, toxicity. This means there's certain medical procedures and environmental toxins and they're poisonous to your system. And then thought. Your perception of the environment, your perception of things can have a deadly effect and it can have a healing effect. Just think of the witch doctor. They give you a talisman that says you're protected. You feel protected. They tell you that you've been cursed. Then you've been cursed. Okay? You can accept that and have all the stressors that go along with it. Or, or, or realize that you were in charge of your brain. I love this, this quote here. If a mind misinterprets environmental signals and generates an inappropriate response, a thought could be enough to undermine the entire system. Misperceptions can be lethal. And the opposite is true. Your body is designed to be here. You are made in the image and likeness of God. You need proper nerve supply, exercise, nutrition, sufficient rest, and prayer and meditation. But if you realize that your body is an intelligent design, you're an ecosystem, anything you do to this system can make you help you thrive or can actually shut you down. You are designed to thrive on this planet. So find a doctor that's not working in the antiquated symptom drug paradigm and uh, enjoy our world. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you, and I love you.